us have a word for you. Um, I'll just come back there where you are and you can remain seated. So thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. You know, the Lord is telling me to tell you is that he makes note of everything that you do, makes note of everything. And he says that the things that the things that that you give freely from your heart, he said, even though they are ordained by me, the Lord says that I move you to do these things. He said, it's still your your uh, choice to obey or not obey. And the Lord is saying, he said, it might surprise you at the number of people that just don't obey simple things, things you think are simple things to do in obedience to me. He says, many people just overlook them, think they don't have to do them. But he says that, that you ponder these things in your heart and you understand what my heart is about many different things uh lord and he's saying it comes so easily to you that sometimes you even think that's me you just think it's the right thing to do or the choice that you've made or 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 more you than me but he says it is me he says it is obedience to my will and to my moving my spirit through you says the spirit of god he said i won't forget you he said in your time of need he said this is what i remember when, when I see people who are faithful, he said, when you need something, it's right there for you. And I will not forget you in your time of need. And I will bless you abundantly, says the spirit of the living God. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. <clears throat> Praise God. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Well, God encourages us. Amen. He, he, his spirit is there to encourage us. And I think sometimes we forget that, that we have the encourager living within us. And, and he just wants to validate us. He wants to uh, keep us understanding when we're doing the right thing and, and how to stay in the will of God. He, he delights to do that amen and so the holy spirit wants to uh show us who we really are and how he sees us so that in the time when we have a need or or the enemy's trying to defeat you with some kind of negative thought or thought of insecurity or thought of you're not doing right or you'll never get it all that that kind of stuff is is not for us amen we always have encouragement coming to us from the from the spirit of god he's always encouraging us so i just want to encourage you all in that stay encouraged amen uh there's no no renegade people in here amen they all left a long time ago <laughs> praise god <laughs> you under y'all know what i'm talking about so don't sit there and that oh is it me no just told you they left that train left for a while ago so praise god but but god wants to encourage obedient people he encourages like you as a parent and for you those of you who are parents you encourage your children when they do well amen withholding encouragement is evil you got me 
You'll never motivate anybody like that. So God wants to keep us encouraged, not flattered and not lied to, but encouraged. Amen. When you do well, he wants to encourage you. So praise God. So we'll get into the word. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace that we might find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. Thank you, Father, that there are great needs among your people. There are great needs among the people of the world. And so we want to minister uh, to one another. We want to minister grace. We want to minister your mercy. We want to minister your love. And we know that that is what will help us and heal us and encourage us. So we just want to honor you today, Lord, and thank you. For what you're doing in our lives, open up our hearts and minds to receive the engrafted word, which is able to save our souls. So we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. <clears throat> amen. So we're going to talk some more about yesterday I started at Rejoice Detroit. You can see that video anytime you want to. Um, and... Uh, receive of these things because I really don't want people to ever get casual about the word of God and so yesterday God was reminding us that we have to get solid on our foundation which is the word of God and he was showing me how sometimes we get a little too casual about the word and um, you know take it lightly for instance one of the things he showed me about my own understanding about the word is that oftentimes I will go in the word like when you're a preacher you got to get a message so you get real hard down serious about that you know and um, and you stay with it and God told me he said you should be like that about my word all the time see all the time because of the power of the word in a, the its ability to do everything that we need to uh, in life and so so forth and so on we can never just be like religious people about the word like memorize a few scriptures to throw out at somebody and so and i know we're not like that but we can ride that edge quite a bit so we where we get uh, uh you know where you look at the word and you read it before you know that mentality of you know and your mind will kind of shut down on it but you have to remember that God's word is living. So anytime you hear it, there's new life on it. Anytime you hear it, there is life on it. And anytime you hear it, it's because you need that life to come into you. This is why we meet regularly as believers. Um, so that you can stay encouraged in the word. You can stay uh, built up. Uh, it, it has to be repeated because Monday through Friday, you're in the world and that stuff gets so washed out of your, your, I mean, you know, you'll be in, at your work sometime and you don't even think of God or think of a scripture the whole time you're there. Amen. When, uh, we received, it was so funny. We received that prophecy about, uh, God telling us to praise him more and he would do more for us. And he gave us a couple of examples of people being at work and you just tell your boss, excuse me. Well, that actually happened to Miss Juana. She said she was sitting at her desk and there was a woman in her job. Did she tell you about that? There's a woman at her job that, that was 
I don't know, she's getting paranoid about her coughing or something like that. And, and so Wanda just looked at her and she said, excuse me a minute. And she just got up and started praising God. And she said this happened a couple of times during the day. And I guess the lady must have reported her to her supervisor. So the supervisor called her in the office and she said, now, uh, is, this is not anything that, that, um, uh, this isn't, you know, whatever, whatever. And, you know, trying to do her little disclaimer, she said, but, um, one of the em- employees said that you, you said, she said, you said, hallelujah, glory to God. <laughs> now, nobody's more spiritual here than I am. the devil gets so confused when we bring things into the workplace that he don't want there hello don't ever be ashamed he said if you're ashamed of me i'll be ashamed of you in front of the father don't ever be ashamed don't be a crazy fanatic either you know don't be in the flesh but the power of god will descend anywhere that that god's people are or wherever god wants to manifest himself his power can descend there god owns everything it's these crazy people that think they can keep him out of stuff you can't keep god out of anything he owns everything but he wants to engage with us in such a way that we get the benefit of his uh appearing and and when he comes and when he uh manifests himself he likes to do it in a way where we can appreciate it and oftentimes it takes our faith to initiate his appearing in situations and so we need to always keep in mind that god wants to manifest himself more and more but there is power in his word just like that prophetic word if you receive it and you hear it it'll starts to it starts to repeat itself Huh? The testimony of Jesus Christ is a spirit of prophecy, and prophecy does have a way of manifesting itself over and over and over again. And that's why we give our testimonies, because we that word, once it gets inside of a person and gets received, will manifest itself the exact same duplicate way in the life of that person that receives it. You see that over and over again. You know, people, uh, uh, there was a woman that says she prayed for a dead person uh, because she said, I had heard somebody's testimony about raising the dead. She said, and for days, I just told God, I kept thinking, I said, I need to find a dead person. Where can I find a dead person? And I don't know if it's somebody that she she was doing a meeting, I think. Somebody had a heart attack in her meeting. And they had called 911, and God said, there's your dead person. Uh, and she went and laid hands on that man, and he got up and walked out of that meeting. You understand me? So don't be shocked when you hear testimony and you can't get it out of your, It gets in your spirit, and you can't quit thinking about it. Amen? Because it's sure going to manifest in your life. So this is how this operates. God's word is that powerful. And so we, we have to give proper respect and proper honor, 
honor and dignity to God's word. We just have to. And once you start honoring that word as living word of God, you'll get maximum benefit out of it. Honor it for what it's it's intended for and you will get the benefit. So I thought today we would talk some more about the word and the fact that before we call, God answers. Before you call, he answers. We should have no 911 experiences in our lives. We should have no emergency. There are no emergencies in God's kingdom. He knows it all before it happens. It's just a shock to you. You understand? (coughs) Learn how to get over your shock very quickly. Because the devil will threaten anything. You know, he'll threaten what you love most and and try to get you to get an anxiety about it so that he can start to tell you what to do to remedy your situation. That's what you don't want to do. You want to stand fast in what God has given you. You have a covenant, a blood covenant with God that he has sworn on his very life that he will not go back on anything that he's, anything you see from the dotted I's to the cross T's in the Bible, God will keep those things. See, he won't let anything slip. And so, and, and this is one reason why it, it pays us to, to meditate on the word. It's to our benefit to take this word seriously and to hide it in our hearts in a great way because of the prop, the benefit that it will bring us. Uh, the, the fruit that it will bring in our lives is so worth it to meditate and feast on the word as often as possible so that we can take that word with us, you know, start treating it like what it is. It's it's food to you. A man does not live by bread alone, you know, not by things, material things that will perish, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This is how we live. We live more by God's word than we do by material things because it's from the word that the material things come forth. Amen. It's it, the, the origin of everything good and lasting in our lives has to be the word of God. He's not going to let his children be children forever. We're going to have to learn how to take his word for things. And when we don't see that word come to pass for a long time, we're just going to have to stand with it and continue to believe it. Don't get weary in your believing. Amen. The word warns us not to get weary in well-doing because there's a season for reaping everything that we sow. So you will reap it in due season. So don't get weary, don't get anxious, don't get upset, uh, don't uh, threaten to to quit serving God or cut back or get an attitude or anything like that. I know y'all ain't like that, so. Huh? <laughs> but we all been there and done that, right? Amen. So we can confess that that we do get in the flesh we do have our moments we do have this that and the other but with with um, training your spirit to respond in the correct way you will respond by the spirit and let the holy spirit take over so that you can be uh, confidently guided through every difficulty in life by the word of god because that word is there to help you it is there to strengthen you it is there to keep you in a place 
of safety, protection, no hurt, harm, injury, no loss whatsoever. When we suffer losses, when we try to do things our way. Amen. So the devil will take a bite out of your promise. He'll take a bite out of your your uh, harvest. He'll throw the locusts on there if he can. But he can only do it if you allow him through operating in the flesh. But we need to understand that God has already set in motion every answer to every prayer that we would ever have. It's already provided for. It's already laid up for us in heaven. Amen. It's already there in glory where God has an inheritance for us, for the saints that live in his light. Amen. And so if you have an inheritance, that means everything that you're asking God for is already set aside for you. You don't have to struggle with anybody about anything. You don't have to prove yourself to anybody that you got faith and that you, you know, just it's you have an inheritance. okay? and if there's nothing else we need to get solid on is that we do have an inheritance. It's laid up for you already. So you're not asking God for something and then leaving it out there and wondering. Hmm, okay. Now, see, this is interesting. The wondering thing, uh, is, it takes a lot of different forms. You know, when you're not real strong in the word, you can wonder if God wants you to have something. And it's like, well, God, I know you want me to have a car, but do you want me to have a Cadillac? Well, if you want to pay for one, that's, that's always the issue. Is can we afford it? Well, you know, God will give you anything. Listen, honey, your faith won't work if cha-ching is bothering you. God's not going to bless you with something that's going to worry you. His blessings come without sorrow. You got me? They just do. A lot of times people want to think that if they ask for something really expensive, that means they got a lot of faith. You know, we're always trying to prove our faith to somebody. You know, oh, this is really big. This is so big, I can't do it myself. It's got to be God. Well, that's a lie. Hmm? How can God, let me put it this way. How can he bless you with something that's not already laid up for you? Now, see, this is where most people clock out. Let me tell you why. We, in our perverted thinking, think that whatever God wants for us is not good enough for what we can think up on ourselves. Well, God's going to bless you with a husband. He better not be. Huh? We come up with the nots, the don'ts. He ain't going to bless you with no negative brother. There's no negative in God's promises. It's only positive. It's all good. See, you thinking about them dudes you know. (laughs) Babe running them and baby daddy and. Huh? Oh, my last baby, baby daddy. 
Number four. Now there's no condemnation. Everybody's been a sinner. And lived in the world. So. But you know. Worldly women shop for them. They shop for baby daddies. They don't shop for husbands. Oh come on. Don't, Don't make me do this. Make me scream in a pillow. You shop for everything when you're a sinner. And hope God don't catch up with you and try to give you nothing. Well, see, we have that same mentality working at us to a degree once you get saved. Part of what you're doing when you pray and ask God for stuff, you're renewing your mind to the new thing he wants. You're renewing your mind to your inheritance. You're not expecting more of the same. Listen, I'm going to go across the street. I know of some people over there in that building that want to hear some truth. Huh? This is always the the hindrance in our faith. Is what's it going to look like? Is it going to be more the same? Am I worthy of what God? I look in the Bible and see all the stuff God wants to do for me. And the first thing your carnal mind will say is you don't need that. You don't want that. You don't have to have that. It will negate every good thing that God wants to do for us. So job number one is renewing your mind and understanding what an inheritance is. It's already laid up for you. Do you think for one minute that God can't flip you over and change you so that you'll want good things for a change? Huh? And really trust him to bring nothing but good into your life? See, this is where the renewal really has to take hold. Because the first thing that will happen, if your promise takes more than a month to come, you'll wonder what you did wrong to mess it all up. Carnal thinking does that. And so in order for us to receive what God has for us, we need to spend, if not more time, as much time meditating on what he's doing, who we are, our status now, what kind of people we are now. All of that much more than asking and waiting. Because the ask and the wait only takes one time. Once you set your mind to it won't come to me instantly, then you set your heart on meditating on God's word and understanding that he wants to cultivate an atmosphere in our hearts so that when that present and that gift and that answer comes, it can reside there. It'll find a welcome place there and won't get rejected and punched out because of who we think we are still. If God, if we could mess up the covenant, then God's lied about everything he says. So you can't mess this up. So maybe the first place you need to get yourself settled is, I can't mess this up. It won't be like it used to be. I can't fail in this. This will prosper. This will work. 
This is for me. If I stretch my faith and come out of my comfort zone of accepting whatever and decide to look in my heart and, and really let the desire of my heart spring forth, everything that God's laid up for you is already known by you in some form. It's in a shadow form. It's in a, a little a little pocket, something that's going to register. When you hear the word, it'll register in your heart that that thing is for you. He put it in there from the foundation of the earth. It got buried because of sin and iniquity. And sometimes we'll try to draw it up in our sinful state. And the minute we try to draw it up, the devil say, you can't have it. You can't have it. Who do you think you are? You Take this instead. You know it's true because we do it to ourselves. You ever have that thing that when you think of something wonderful in your life, it says, Aah! the penalty buzzer goes off. So we have to renew our minds to the fact that we have an inheritance. It's already laid up for us. Our prayer should be, God, please help me to accept who I am. Help me to accept my abilities. Help me to accept my calling. Help me to accept my worth. Help me to accept my value in you so that I can expect good things. I can expand the, the, you know, enlarge the borders of the, the tent of my mind. You know, there's a, a, a canopy or shelter in our minds. That sometimes we start out, it's real small. But God wants to expand it to include more things, more areas. The more you live for God, the more you'll find that there's more he wants you to do. He wants you to go forth and do. You got it. There's a lot. We got to fit in, folks, for for us to be sitting up thinking small. You got to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every king uh, creature yet. You understand what I'm saying? You can't be stuck in in just because you got a, a house and a car and a husband and some kids. You can't be sweating it and thinking you at your wits end because you haven't tapped into ninety percent of why you here. Not that your family isn't important, but you're a new creature in Christ. It ain't everything like it was when you were a sinner. You know, the devil tell you nobody wants you. You'll never get married. Then you finally dope some brother up <laughs> long enough to get him. I didn't mean to say that. I was going to be a good girl a day, but I can't. <laughs> huh? Put something in his whatever. And you want a cocktail? <laughs> cocktail waitress all of a sudden. But you know what I'm saying. By hook or by crook when you're in the world, you know. So whatever you. He said he wanted to marry. No, he didn't. He didn't say he wanted to marry you. He said he might want to get married one day. <laughs> oh, no, I know. I heard him. You know, most brothers too smart. They don't even mention that word around 
not even look at my notes. I'm trying to think where I'm at. Where was I? No, but but as a new creature, now you have an inheritance. You know, some half-stepping brother come up to you now, and you go say, "Really? I don't think so, darling. You at the wrong. You at the wrong address now. Do you know I'm rich? Huh?" I don't need to play games with nobody to get what I want. Huh? My daddy's got it laid up for me already. Now you can pray that you in the plan somewhere, but if you ain't in the plan, you just just keep it stepping. You understand what I'm saying? You'll know immediately if God is, has put that person in your heart. They, if they're part of the plan for your life. So understand who you are. Amen. Make any commitment to anybody before you find out first who you are and where you're going. Huh? Some people, it takes, people in the world, it takes them three or four marriages to find the right person. And they don't know if that person's right or not. they just sick of being a loser. And they stay. That's why you hear of a lot of them say, you know what, I could have done this the first person I was married to. Many people marry because they think it'll make them happier or add something to their lives. And then as they get older and grow and mature into what God wants them to be, they find out that person doesn't fit in at all. And that's a big shocker. That's a big, I'm just being real with y'all. You mind if I'm real with y'all, please? You see it all the time. You see people who are, uh, people in the world, people who are inter- entertainers. Three and four divorces. You know, the first one, well, it didn't work out because I spent too much time in my career. No, you didn't. You spent the time that was necessary to be successful. And the person you were married to didn't know who they were married to. Now, see, this happens all the time. That's why God tells us not to be unequally yoked believers with unbelievers. Because they don't know who you are. If they're an unbeliever, they have no clue who you are. And you don't either. So you got to first find out who you are before you can even think of yoking with somebody. God will show you who you are. You ask God, God, where am I going? What's my gift? What's my, 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 And he'll start rattling off. He does not mind at all telling you who you are, where you're going, and how important it is to do certain things a certain way. He'll always tell people that. If there's some things God doesn't want you involved in and is really going to wreck your life, he will do everything he can to derail your little choo-choo train. Huh? We wonder sometimes why we want to do this and do that and it don't work and that don't work and that don't work and that don't work. Mm -hmm. And if you're called to ministry, and all believers are, but I'm talking about if you're called to five-fold ministry, God will chase people away from you, have them reject you, walk off, leave you. He'll derail that train big time. Huh? Why? We don't belong to ourselves. We've been bought with a price. So he has approved that word to us. 
that word will manifest big time that you don't belong to you. God's possessive. He's a je- He said, my name is jealous. Huh? You belong to him. He's got a plan for your life. Be a lot more peaceful if you check in with the master and the plan before you make any kind of plans yourself. So Isaiah 65, 24. Maybe I'll open my Bible. <laughs> no, it's been open. Don't go there with me, y'all. It's been open all along. Praise God. You know, this is an interesting uh, discussion that God is having in Isaiah 65. You know, uh, Isaiah, the book of Isaiah is known as the book of restoration because you can go in there and get hope for every situation that you will ever be in. But restoration from what so there has to be some judgment first and then the restoration so he speaks of both in this book and he talks in in chapter 65 about the people that he called out israel and how they rejected him and how they treated him and how they haven't done what what he has expected them to do so in uh um verse 9 he says and i will bring forth a seed out of jacob and out of judah an inheritor of my mountains my city elect shall inherit it and my servants shall dwell there so he's going to pull a lot of this rebellious people he will pull out a remnant of people to continue to serve him but he's also talking about christians people who will come later and serve him and he says, and Sharon will be a fold of flocks in the valley of Achor, a place for herds to lie down and for my people that have sought me. But you are they that forsake the Lord, that forget my holy mountain, that prepare a table for that troop and that furnish the drink offering unto that number. Therefore, will I number you to the sword and you shall and and you shall all bow down to the slaughter. Because when I called, you did not answer. When I spoke, you did not hear, but did evil before mine eyes and did choose that wherein I delighted not. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, my servants shall eat, but you shall be hungry. Behold, my servants, raise your hand when he says servants, that's me, shall drink, but you shall be thirsty. Behold, my servants shall rejoice but you shall be ashamed behold my servants shall sing for joy of heart but you shall cry for sorrow of heart and shall howl for vexation of spirit and you shall leave your name for a curse unto my chosen raise your hand for the lord god shall slay you and call his servants that's us by another name it's his christians that he who blesses himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. And he that swears in the earth and shall swear by the God of truth. Because the former troubles are forgotten and because they are hid from mine eyes. God doesn't see anything wrong you did anymore once you confess and ask forgiveness. You understand? He says, for behold, I create a new heavens and a new earth and the former shall not be remembered nor come to mind. 
but be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing and her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. And the voice of weeping shall no more be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that has not fulfilled his days. For the child shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner being a hundred years old shall be accursed. And they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another take it away. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people. In other words, you can live as long as you want to. And mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. You'll long enjoy the work of your hands. See, it's never too late to straighten up and serve God. You'll long enjoy the work of your hands. There's no limit to how long you can live enjoying life. They shall not labor in vain nor bring forth for trouble. For they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. So your kids are blessed. They will you, they will not bring forth in vain or in trouble. huh? And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. So God wants to, this this speaks to your inheritance. It's already laid up for you. God's heard you while you're talking before you can get it out of your mouth in a prayer. You ever notice that sometimes uh, you'll have something that you desire and it'll show up and you think, wait a minute, what, what? I didn't pray. Been there? You can live there all the time. See, sometimes you think you like, you know, I'm, I'm one of them Snoopy people. I like to check up on stuff and I'm trying to check up on God. See if, did you answer this? Didn't give my little checklist, my little laundry list of stuff that's, you know what I'm saying. And then when something pops up that I can't recall on my checklist, you know, blows your little head open. You mean God gave me this and I didn't have to confess a hundred times to get it. Think about it, folks. You know, it's good to, to, be genuine with God. Can I say that? Instead of repetitious and religious because you ain't fooling him. Like sometimes I'll think to myself, I said, ooh, ooh. I haven't confessed a word about that in a couple days. Right. And I said, God, you know that's pitiful. I said, well, God, just between me and you, I'm going to thank you for it anyway. Please forgive me if I've been remiss in not being attentive to the covenant and attentive to what you give me. And sometimes it's just God telling you, you know, don't let the faith in this thing slip. Start meditating. Get yourself back in your word and meditate. Don't give me the choppy little chopped up confession, but get yourself back in the word. So you won't let this promise slip. You'll hold on to this. So I still want to bring it to you. So he's not reminding you to spank you. 
for being bad or forgetting or not being attentive. What the Holy Spirit does is he encourages us. He'll say, you know what? You haven't talked to me about this for a while. I want you to get in the word where this is concerned because I still want to bring it to you. That's all he's doing. He's putting you in remembrance of the things that you've already talked about, the things you've spoken about, because he really is going to do them for us. Don't get caught up in whether or not you can do anything. Don't get caught up in the human possibilities of things. But let God bring the impossible to you by the fact that you it's getting more and more real to you through your meditation. The impossible does get more possible to you and you get more comfortable believing for it as you meditate on it, it becomes real. That's how we get most of the trouble we get in life. Is meditating on something. Can't get it out your mind. Huh? I just gotta have it. Well, you know, they went down in price on it. I know I can get that. You, you don't, don't let it go. If it's something you really want, you don't let it go. It's the same thing that with the things that come through God's covenant and His inheritance. You just keep them on your mind through meditation. You don't let them go. God, I know you, I believe I received that when I prayed. And I'm going to continue to thank you for it and meditate. Get back in the word and meditate on the fact that you do want me to have it. You do want to encourage me in it. You do want good things for me. I do have an inheritance already laid up. And I'm not trying to get you to Make up your mind to do something for me. You've already done it. Amen. So God always anticipates our needs before we call. He answers while we're yet speaking. It'll show up. God makes this statement after talking about his chosen people rejecting him. So it seems that. And I I know this sounds a little carnal or maybe a little emotional on God's part. But he like ups the promise when he sees how much evil, like the Bible says, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Well, this is an example of much more abounding grace. See, because these people rejected me, because I promised you and I took care of you and you worship other gods and you do this and do that, I'm going to find me some people that's going to serve me. And guess what? I'm going to give them what you had and then some. And you can say that about Christians because we have a better covenant now based on better promises than the Israelite had. But they even had glory in their promises. God showed up miraculously for them over and over and over again. And we have better. So we better start believing that better is better. You have a sure covenant. We don't have a curse on our covenant. I don't care what deliverance people tell you. And every other person want to tell you if you don't do this, you cursed. They're lying. That's how the body of Christ got all jacked up, broke, giving money to people that was willing to curse them if they didn't do it. It's wrong. 
It's wrong. There's no curse if you don't tithe. You just don't get the windows of heaven poured out to you. You understand what I'm saying? But they're quick to want to put you right back under the threat of the Old Testament. Huh? God has given us abundant grace. See, once you understand how much God wants to bless you and will bless you in your giving, he says, give as you purpose in your heart. What's in your heart you want to do? See, that's where the challenge is for most believers. Because we diminish what we give. See, your heart will say something like, man, I'd like to give that thousand dollars so we could pay the rent for the venue. Well, you're going to have to have faith to do it. And see, at some point, God will give you that faith and you'll go ahead and do it. And then you'll realize, I didn't go broke. Nobody starved to death. You know, God is true to his word. But you must do it by faith. He can't make your, he can't jumpstart your faith and make it jump and do what he wants it to do. Or he can't make it jump and do what the preacher wants it to do. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. I know y'all been in churches where they don't let you be a member if you don't tithe and they don't. I've heard all the curses people put on. I remember there was one popular minister who said, oh, them people that don't tithe, I don't even consider them to be a part of the church. Now you want to really go and, and people chase after people like that. Now you really want to serve in a man or woman of God over you that feels that way about any of God's sheep. Listen, anybody who comes in here with a need can get ministered to. That's why we don't try to have, oh, the doors is open. They always open to everybody. If you know you believe here, just belong here, just show up. You know, I didn't want to get in the hassle of, Chasing down members and then people come. Y'all didn't come to the hospital to see me. Well, the Bible says you call for the elders of the church. You want me out there, you better call me. Call me for everything else. But see, I don't want to get in that with people. Y'all know how crazy this stuff is. You take one scripture and wring it out and wring it to death and twist it up and beat you over the head with it. Take a shovel and bury you with it. God provokes Israel to jealousy by blessing the non-Jew. It says so in the Bible. That's how they're going to come in. They're going to look and see that here's some other people out here that say they're serving our God. And look what he's doing for them. Look what he's doing for them. Many times we don't get the the right attention because of persecution. But it's up to God to show people who he really is through his people. And he will do it. And so God wants to go over and above what he did for his first people in these people, us. The ones who will call by his name now. You need to know your emergency is not news to God. Amen. Most stuff catches us by surprise because we don't have the means to take care of it ourselves. See, we live to try to avoid emergencies in life. 
Everybody wants to do it. It's not, it's not wrong to want it. It's not unusual to want it. But we do live that way. We're always trying to avoid something. When we read that scripture that says God is a very present help in trouble, we want to skip over that because we ain't expecting that. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, I ain't using my faith for that thing because I, I ain't going to handle trouble. <laughs> put the holy water out and put your cross up. And... You understand what I'm saying? We try to avoid. See, that's superstition. See, if he says he's a present help in trouble, it's mean you're going to have trouble. Not that you're expecting it, you want it, you're confessing for it, you got me, you're covered on all of that. But it will come. Jesus said it was a promise. In the world you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So you need to think more in terms of God being with you to help you to overcome instead of trying to avoid everything. Now, we don't want, I've heard people say, well, I covered my whole family. I prayed against cancer and I prayed against this. And the one thing they didn't pray against, bingo. Because you're putting your faith in your own ability. Instead of meditating on your fears, meditate on the fact that you're redeemed from the curse of sickness, whatever it is. You understand me? And if trouble comes to you, you have an advocate. You have somebody who's going to go to bat for you and fight for you and eliminate every enemy that would ever come against you. There are more scriptures in the word about overcoming than avoiding. Got me? So overcoming really is where we need to focus and, and that's, it's on our side. We must and we will overcome through Christ everything that comes against us. God has laid up provision and a pathway to it. So it's not that there's provision out there for you and you can't get to it. God has already laid out a pathway for you to get to your provision without fail. On time. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. So your promise will be intact if you will let the Holy Spirit of God guide you to where your provision is. So this is what the inheritance looks like. Your needs are already anticipated by and provided for by God. The desires of your heart are known and approved of by God. So things that come into your heart, let me tell you where we get confused. It comes into your heart and then your flesh catches it. You believe it if you want to, but that's the first thing that's going to get excited about something God wants to give you is your flesh. Can't wait for it, want to go in debt for it. huh? Sell everything for it. Stay up late at night till you get it. Mm-hmm. And then you go on YouTube and find some preacher that tells you that it's okay to want it in your flesh. You got me? <laughs> See, we, we're good on going finding somebody to encourage us. Let me go find brother so and so. 
he gonna give me encouraging word. You skip over all them preachers that tell you holy living is the key to everything. Righteous living. You, you can't even find them in your history no more because you want all the promised people. They don't mention righteousness. They don't mention holiness. They don't mention forgiving all them people. You trying to get revenge stuff on and I'm gonna get my revenge. That's sometimes why it takes time. It takes time for God to settle you down and get you to understand the right way to do things. Amen. I remember reading a book one time on etiquette. You know, and they show you how to, you know, set a table and what fork and knife to use and all that kind of stuff and and I used to enjoy just reading about different things, you know. When you come from poverty, you don't have a lot of experience with a lot of stuff. And so I liked, I said, oh, this is what you do. And the, the napkin is here and the, this spoon. There's so much silverware up there. I said, oh, I'm going to have to steal some of this just to whittle it down to what I can use, what I'm familiar with. <laughs> you know, They got eight pieces of silverware and you don't know about but two. Knife and fork. Huh? <laughs> I said, I'm gonna have to put the rest of this in my purse so they won't know I'll know how to use it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But I can remember now after I got to be an adult so many situations where it came in handy. So I went to a school that, uh, the founder of the school was still alive. She lives over in a mansion on Mayfield. You know the Bolton estate over there on on Mayfield next to Legacy Village? Is that Mayfield or Monticello? Yeah. Well, somebody lives in that big thing over there. That's where they got most of the land for Legacy Village from. Uh And she was an extremely wealthy woman. She had been a congressman for a lot of her life. And she endowed our nursing school. And so we would go over there for teas and stuff like that. And I was a little nervous about the teas, but I looked down, I saw all that silverware I used to read about it. Oh, it's coming in handy. See what I'm saying? A lot of people didn't know what it was about. Nervous, so forth and so on. But that was one thing that, that training and stepping out of the small place where you live all of the time. Just let your imagination, if you will, your spiritual imagination, expand itself. Enlarge the borders of your tent. Be willing to let God put you in places where you have never been before that he wants you to take you to for his purpose and his glory. See, if you do it, because he opens a door for you there's no trouble whatsoever he will take care of you he will take care of it he will take care of all things because God is there to help you and do everything that you need to have done for his glory and his purposes amen I know when I got a little bit older and I would entertain I I started getting comfortable entertaining people You know, and as my husband grew and was promoted and all that kind of stuff, it was no problem for me. 
that's nice and the hospitality is no problem for me now because of little things that you do and start putting in your heart and your mind when you're fighting the place that you came from at least get out of there in your mind and go to a higher level you understand what i'm saying a level that will expand you and expand your company expand your horizons expand the crowd you run with you understand people stay in prison because they don't ever dream of anything than that crowd that they always run with in fact many of them get wealthy but their crowd never changes and they're never able to get beyond that little mentality that they've always dwelled in so god wants to do that for us that's why your inheritance is laid up for you you can meditate on the word and god will show you who you are and where you're going he'll show you things to come the bible says and he wants to do that he needs to get his people in places we never thought we would be before and if you he can do it if you will be obedient to him so your the desires of your heart are known and sanctioned by god he put those things in there but the way to get them has to be through him you got to trust him to bring you the right things in the right season it's okay that you want the things that you want don't censor your heart you got me especially a heart that's that's righteous and that meditates on the word you meditate on on god's word and you see yourself doing things god puts those things there it's part of your inheritance so don't let go of those there are some things you de- need to let go of but usually the thing you want is right it's the means to get it that's kind of screwy because many times we want things you know when you see people living a certain way and and it impresses you or there's something about it you like it's okay to let that inspire you but you can't covet and want to pull from their resources you understand what i'm saying um and it's easy to do you know sometimes you know that's how you know your girlfriends wind up hitting on your husband you got me it's it's a covetousness that will come in there a jealousy will start to eat at them and they have to have what you have literally instead of having like things be inspired by that type of lifestyle or whatever best thing get in the word and quit looking at people you'll find more what belongs to you if you'll stay with god in his word amen so god put that in you what you desire he put in you that's your inheritance your desires are your inheritance what he starts he finishes if he put it in you he wants to bring it forth when he gives you faith for things they must be real things or else your faith is fake god is not deciding whether you deserve something or whether you're good enough you you have to be settled on the fact that he qualifies you for what you you he qualifies you for your inheritance you don't qualify yourself the more you try the more you disqualify yourself huh if if he promises you certain things and the promise is he can't back out on it 
he must be able to qualify you and prep you for everything that that you know you need to be so like a esther when esther was was first brought into the palace you know she was like you know hasty the country girl with piece of hay in her teeth and what y'all doing tonight for dinner you know that kind of thing but a year of cleaning her <laughs> cleaning her up took a year hey listen we in much better shape than she is you understand what i'm saying all it takes is one prayer and we straight huh esther took a whole year scrubbing the barnyard dirt off her get the hog poop from in her toes and all that kind of stuff you understand what i'm saying but god but god qualified her you see they did what was necessary to do to qualify her we don't know if some of those other women didn't need as much tending as she did we're just told what she required but god did everything that she required to qualify her to be queen huh he'll do the same thing with us he'll do everything it takes to qualify us if we're not mature enough to handle what he has for us then he starts maturing us there's no disqualifier here unless you let the devil talk you into disqualifying yourself you're still in the race you're still in the running you still you still got a chance you understand in fact you got more than a chance you got a guarantee all you got to do is keep living keep breathing keep trusting god keep meditating on the word keep doing what you need to do if you run into distress you do the right things more we all know to do that now sometimes if we you know you get a diagnosis and and you've been in the word to a certain degree where healing is concerned you get a diagnosis then you double up on the dose that's all you do you give yourself more of the thing that is necessary for you to be able to uh, qualify and, and stand in peace where the things of God are concerned. You can't let yourself get get talked out of your inheritance. And that is so common with Christians. They let the enemy convince them that they don't want it or they're too old or they're too young or they're too something wherever wherever you find words that disqualify you that's where the devil is you're never disqualified as far as god is concerned and if you'll devote yourself to god no matter what your age is he'll show up with the thing he promised you huh we look at abraham and sarah as though they're aliens or something they don't come from the same flesh and blood we come from but they were totally human different about them they carried a promise of god in their hearts and didn't let go of it they were too old when they started you know except for abraham he had to prove himself know what i'm saying in other words it ain't me it's her but even with that god still gave him what he promised god still is above our failures he's still above our weaknesses he's still above our faults he's still above all he still has an inheritance for us he still is going to do what he says he's going to do 
God's never deciding based on what you do, whether he's going to do something for you. He's already decided it's yours. So you might as well get obedient and, and get in gear and receive it. You might as well let faith start to rise up in your heart for it, even if you don't think you deserve it, if it's for you. Eventually that faith will win out and you'll submit to it and you'll understand that God really does mean what he says he's going to do for you. Period. You have to believe that what you desire already exists somewhere. You cannot use the faith of God to believe in nothing. If you think that God has to do something to get it for you, you're believing in nothing. Why? Faith is substance and faith is evidence. Evidence of what? Evidence of something, whatever you want, is already there somewhere. You just can't see it. You've got to believe it's there already. You can't believe it's coming. You can't believe it's in the making. You can't believe it's, you got to believe it's there already because God does not use his faith for nothing. He is not imaginary. He's not fantasy. He's not any of that stuff. There has to be something there in order for you to legally use your faith for it. And that's the faith of God. You can use human faith and imagination and fantasy for a lot of things. But when we talk about what God has for us, it's an inheritance and you must believe it's already there. That you're, you're believing in something real. That when you speak the word and you thank God for it and you worship God, you're touching something, some reality, some spiritual reality somewhere. It can't be something that's, you know, not there. You know, even if it involves another person, if you're believing God for a spouse, God, reveal that person to me. You're not believing for some straw guy that he's got to blow breath into and make him come up. At, you know what I'm saying. If he's old enough for you to marry him, he better be out there somewhere. He better not come out of the sky and just drop down in a parking lot somewhere you're in trouble terminator <laughs> terminator one i'll be back you ain't believing for some fictitious something huh he's real and he's somewhere and if that scares you just stay in the word okay because when he show up you really gonna flip out It's supposed to be a joke. Jeez. Everybody out there waiting to exhale. She really mean that? Now look, little bit. Look, shorty. Hey, come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come on. Come on. Home. So Baba can let you sit up here next to Miss Pat. She your new babysitter. Sit there so Miss Pat can. Yeah, that's good. All right. Now don't start that. You're going to go in the bathroom. Huh? <laughs> oh, look at you. We're going to let you mommy take you to the bathroom, okay? All right. Yeah, you don't want to sit there and cry, honey. We can hear it on the tape now. You want to be pretty on the camera. Here, give her a little tissue. 
She's just born little attention. Baba used to give them candy, but they don't let you do that no more. Well, my first choice used to be Dimatap, but they're, they're not my children. I'll leave that for the parents. Okay. Elixir, not pills. I wouldn't give a pill to a child. <laughs> Pretty good, wasn't it? That's what I thought. That's what I thought too. <laughs> but you cannot use the faith of God to believe in a fantasy. You got to get it out of the word, folks. You got to respect God enough to go in his word and find out what's for you. And I'm believing that there are too many of us that don't bother. We skip over that. And then we start with the confession. Or we start with the, I know it's for me. I know God's going to do it. See, you're trying to bluff yourself into believing. Huh? Doing a con job on your mind. Huh? Oh, yeah, psyching yourself out. If you huffing, you puffing. Huh? the truth and and see when you do that your faith is in vain you're not really believing in anything you can go into the word and fall so in love with the word that by the time you come out of there you're believing pretty much everything god's spoken to you only thing left now is to do some warfare over it so the because the enemy's going to come and try and talk you out of it so god always puts us to that warfare test Do you really believe it or don't you believe it? And if you believe it, you'll be the last person standing at the end of the war. You will have overcome and received what you need from God. Amen? We have to be careful that we trust God in all things. To know God hears us means to know that we have what we ask for. Psalm 34, 15. And I thought I would make sure we got these scriptures so when you get to your place where you're doubting or not sure how you think or you're not sure if you've lost contact with God and in the promise that you feel that you're believing him for Psalm 34 15 the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry so that's what you need to qualify his righteousness not yours his not yours i haven't done anything bad in a while and maybe god will bless me huh but imputed righteousness and that comes by faith you gotta believe that the blood is all that's necessary to be shed for you to cause you to stand righteous before god and stay in that when you do wrong you go make it right amen i don't care how many years it takes you to make it right I was thinking the other day and I was I was asking the Lord the church that we got kicked out of amen years ago I finally sat down and wrote the pastor a letter apologizing I said you know I'm really sorry what happened you know years ago and I'm sorry if we did stepped out of line or if I caused some disturbance in the congregation or anything like that he wrote me a letter back I received a couple days later and uh, he said, oh, I'm so glad God's still using you. And he never hardly even, he said, I can't even remember what it was about now. You understand what I'm saying? That's a good way to leave it. 
you know what i'm saying because you don't want to dig up well who did what who that just we're we want peace that's what you want you want peace and if you can get peace within yourself that god has these things for you don't let the enemy gnaw at your mind and try to tell you you know arguing back with you don't don't put up with that let that under but understand he hears your cry verse 17 the righteous cry and the lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles i don't care if it's trouble in your mind about you he'll deliver you of fear of yourself huh just need to spend more time in the word understanding who you are that's our biggest deficiency i believe is that we lose sight the bible says if you hear the word and don't do it you're like a person that only knows what they are like when they're in front of the mirror when you walk away from the mirror you forget what you even look like you understand what i'm saying you don't know you're pretty all the time psalm 55 17 evening and morning and at noon will i pray hello all day long people say if you ask more than once it's unbelief you keep talking to god and see what he does for you let them let them fearful people see that shows they don't know the mercy of god if you come too often he'll let you know but he wants to hear from his children huh not just when you want something but you can give him a hallelujah glory to god anytime you want you say hi to him like that he will hear every time you cry psalm 55 17 evening morning noon will i pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice he has delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me excuse me because of the multitude of the enemy against us you need to understand the devil is not some small thing not to be considered but he's not too big for god you've got to know that as well you're depending on your god psalm 57 2 i will cry unto the god most high quit crying to people and running down people when you have trouble unto god that performs all things he'll do everything you need he performs all things for us everything there's not anything he won't do right now i'm waiting i told you how god i have a a relationship with god (laughs) through him reminding me of things you know i misplaced my glasses and when the camps were there i could scream and hey somebody come here i can't see anything where's my glasses but see i don't have them to scream to anymore so god has started finding my glasses for me he finds everything for you he'll help he's a helper now this uh, god wouldn't do that my god does see i call on him the god most high i don't know who y'all calling on but the most high god will do those things so and i got a few things out there he's yet to show me where they are amen got my little misplaced my little favorite watch yesterday but i know it's there somewhere so he'll bring it to me amen psalm 106 44 you gotta be sure about those things see most people go tear the house up huh 
wringing their hands. I'm in the confession sucks. I'm never gonna find this. How did I lose this? You just so dumb. Give it. Cry to the God Most High. He'll find it for you. Psalm 106:44. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry. You get it. You get in pain. You hurt. You lose things. He hears you. You get in your affliction. He'll hear you. Why is it we want to hide from God sometimes when we need him most? you got to go to him. You get in trouble, you go right to him. Heard their cry. We can have confidence in God. Proverbs 14 and verse 26. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. You worship God, his power, confidence in him gets transferred into you. Huh? You feel like you, you can really go do something then. Amen. He just does. His strong confidence and his children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. So when you fear God, you will call on him and believe him to show up. You don't call on him in vain. He shows up and he helps you. First John 5.14. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. His will is the word that you hide in your heart. And the word that you read. He hears us and if we know that he hears us. We have the petitions that we ask of him. So God hears who? The righteous. Don't say us. There's a lot of us's out here. You got me? He hears the righteous. That means that you have to be confident in his righteousness in your life. Many times we're hollering and, and crying for God and We've got animosity against people. We've got things against people. We've got all this stuff working against us. That's not righteousness. He's not going to hear that. He said if you regard iniquity in your heart, he won't hear you. In other words, if you're coveting something belongs to somebody and you want it real bad, he don't hear that. He hears the cries of the righteous. And, and that is consistently righteous. He's not impressed with your drop in righteousness. You understand what I'm saying? And I know when we were new believers, we all acted like that. We go and run around, get in trouble, hide from God. And then finally he pins us down because we can't run no further. And we have to squirt out a prayer. We only knew him as Savior because we needed saving over and over and over again. We kept ourselves in trouble because of our carnality. But we don't live like that anymore. We found friendship with God. We found we can trust him. We found that we can walk hand in hand with him confidently knowing that that's where we belong. We belong close to him. We don't belong estranged from him. So when you find that resting place and you know where you belong, then you can ask anything that you will. You can talk to God about the things that still bother you about anything and he'll get you straight. 
and it'll be like a friend talking to a friend. Won't be like it was in the old days when you knew you were wrong and you ran from him and you were too proud to ask your brother or sister for forgiveness. You know the the routine. And sometimes we act like that now if we let ourselves get carried away with ourselves. But his 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 heart is toward hearing the cry. He wants to help us, folks. It's nothing for him to clean you up and put you back in his righteousness. Look at what he did with the prodigal son. He did the worst of sins and knowing that he had a father that had raised him better. And what did he do? He cleaned him up and brought him back. I know preachers who preach and don't believe God will do that for their own children. You understand what I'm saying? And so we have to really understand who God wants to help, how he wants to help us. How he qualifies us for everything to receive our inheritance. But your promise is secure by your righteousness. You understand? It's up to you to stay in the place where you have security in God so that he can deliver all things to you. Don't let something of offense stand in the way of you receiving everything God has for you. Don't you ever dare do it. It's not worth it. It's more worth it to humble yourself and let God bring you back in the right relationship where you belong so that he can freely give you all things. Amen. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for your glory that is over all the earth. Father, we honor you. We love you. We lift you up and magnify you. You are worthy to be praised. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Why don't you come up? Anybody need prayer? Come on up. I'll pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.